The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. As always, I am JJ, joined by Keith McPherson. Keith, what is going on, my man? You're what up, yo? Uh, it is Tuesday night, going into the Blue Jays series. Um, I don't know, rolling along here, first week of June. Ready to start it back up. Yankees well, let's baseball. get into let's it. Talk about it's it. uh, 5-12 on Tuesday afternoon. And as of right now, Dallas Keuchel can suck my whole dick because he's another lazy millennial <laughs> who just won't get a fucking job. Get a job, Dallas. And we're giving you $17 million. Get a fucking job. I have had I had to travel for work today. So I woke up and was like, oh, shit, man. Dallas Keuchel is going to sign with the Yankees because why the fuck wouldn't you? I'm going to miss all the like, I'm not going to get these tweets off because I'm going to be in meetings. And then I come out to find out that I've missed nothing because Dallas Keuchel and fucking Scott Boris are playing fucking games and not just signing because Scott Boris says that Dallas Keuchel signing a contract has to decant like a fine wine. And guess what? If you leave a fucking wine out for seven months, it stinks because you've been sitting out for seven fucking months. Get a job, Dallas Keuchel. Keith, how are you doing today? What do you think about Dallas Keuchel? Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you on it. I'm kind of tired of it. I, I thought it was pretty much um, going down today. And I'm reading Twitter and I'm just looking at everything and it, it just goes back and forth. And Dallas Keuchel, there's no other option. If they're saying the two teams are the Braves and the Yankees, you already know what team he's coming to. Like, what what is going on? And Scott Boris, I don't know, man. The whole thing is... We're going to get this dude for a half a season. Uh, we don't know what he's going to be. And actually, we don't know where we don't know if we're getting him. I'm not I'm getting ahead of myself because this hasn't even been announced. Um, I was hoping that the news would break today. We've all been waiting. The draft is passed. We know we need another starter. Makes sense. But yeah, Dallas Keuchel, shave your beard 
and get ready to come so to work in the Bronx. apparently the issue that is, you know, as of this time in the day right now, now 514, is that the Yankees only want to sign him for this season. They only want to commit to the 17.9, whatever, $18 million prorated that he turned down from the Astros, and Dallas Keuchel wants a multi-year deal. I feel like this is easily solvable. Um, Personally, I think the Yankees should give him more than just this year because I think to throw that money at a guy for a rental for just like kind of, you know, a little more than half the season, when we are going to lose CeCe Sabathia after this season, we don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Montgomery. We have had, um, you know, Luis Severino hasn't thrown a pitch this year. We do have... uh, Paxton, who has dealt with injuries, I think he's been on the disabled list like eight times since 2014. Um, and then always lingering on this roster is Tanaka's elbow. Tanaka's elbow could go at any yep. time. So I think when you say, and you know, what do we pay CeCe? You know, $10 million a year. I think when you shift some of that money and we take him, Keiko, the rest of this year, give him next year, and then maybe there's an option year probably with, you know, a couple million dollar, you know, opt out. I think that makes sense. Um, I don't believe in the idea that, like, we need to give him more money just have him for this year because we need him for, you know, right this second because um, we still have a very good team. But CC is not going to stay healthy. He's been on the disabled list twice already. Tanaka eventually is going to have to miss a start or two because that's just what happens with his body. Paxton has said his knee is not 100%. We don't know what Jordan Montgomery is or when he's going to come back. We don't know what's going to happen with Severino. I do think that just from the standpoint that we need a major league pitcher, if unless we have a trade on the horizon and we're trading prospects, give Keuchel the second year and then Dallas Keuchel, sack the fuck up, come and win another World Series, shave your stupid fucking face, and stop making me hate you on a Tuesday. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's pretty simple because when you look at our – rotation like nobody in our rotation is uh, am i sold on nobody in our rotation am i like yeah this is our ace we're gonna ride them through the rest of the season into the postseason they all have question marks and i don't want to hear about oh sevy's coming back monty's coming back they have huge question marks over them uh fool me once shame on me fool me twice shame on you sevy like we really don't know monty i i really don't know and you just went you just went through uh, Tanaka's elbow, Paxton's knee. CeCe's uh, too old. Hap is shaky against Baltimore. We don't know if he's going to keep up uh, you know, his good performances against teams that aren't Baltimore. We need to solidify this rotation at least with another major league starter like a Dallas Keuchel. I really don't care to hear the talk about Bumgarner. I don't really want to see him come over here, and I don't think that's going to happen. And then I definitely don't want to entertain the talk about Max Scherzer because I just don't see that going down. Well, there's either. like your thoughts, Max Scherzer. There's Marcus Stroman. There's Danny Duffy, um, who like you, we're just throwing names out there that we're talking about leveraging our farm system, which has been so strong the past couple of years and really gutting it to bring in someone on possibly a rental versus giving someone. $18 million a year for one and a half years. And we can make more money like all the time. It's very easy for the Yankees to get right. more money. It's not as easy to get 
uh, great prospect. So unless you're getting, unless you're got Madison Baumgartner and a time machine, I don't want to leverage our whole farm system for a guy who um, no is also like he he's very strong willed in like who he is. I could see him putting up a, a you know a hard time about being clean shaven. Um, and, you know, obviously with Keuchel, the biggest thing is everyone tweeting. And I know it annoys Scott a lot, but everyone's saying, shave that beard. And I love it. Shave the shit out of that beard. Yeah, but he already said he would shave if he came to the Yankees. So that's not even a thing. Like, he's not going to put up a fight and he's not going to pull a, a Andrew Kashner and say, hey, you know, you guys got to change the policy for me. I think Keiko wants to be a Yankee. He pitches well in Yankee Stadium and has historically pitched well in Yankee Stadium. We all know that. I hear people calling in on WFAN and uh, ESPN radio talking about how he's going to be able to give us insight to Correa, Altuve, Springer, Bregman, like how these guys hit or how to get these guys out. I don't really subscribe to, to that either. I just know that he's a MLB starter with postseason experience. He's not going to cost us any players. We can afford him. Give him the two years, three years, whatever it might be to get him on this roster and let's get started because he's not going to be able to go a, right away. He, like, they say he needs a week and he's gotten up to over 100 pitches in his like simulated games he's doing out in California by himself. But like, let's just get this shit. Yeah, fucking that's Scott going. Boris saying that. Scott Boris is saying he needs a week, but the next, you know, he, he comes to us and it's like the timetable is a little off. Like everything is a little off with the Yankees, a timetable. Timetable changes from a week to two weeks to now a month until we feel like Keiko's ready. We just got to get him signed. I think it's a no-brainer. I'm tired of reading tweets about it. I'm tired of hearing opinions about it. Today, uh, 6-4-2019 should be Keiko Day. Welcome to the Bronx. Welcome to the pinstripes. I feel like, to a certain extent, too, if he wants a second year, because he doesn't want to go through, and I get wanting more than one year. I, if I was him and it came down to the Yankees will give me this one year or the Braves will give me three, I probably go to the Braves because like yeah. he just he's living a nightmare. He's li- no yeah. one wants to go through this. He doesn't want to go and, through like, this. Yeah, again. he won't have like the draft pick uh, attached to him, but he knows too. coming off of no spring training, getting a late start in the season. Like the uh, everything's stacked against him. All the numbers say that he'll struggle at some point. It'll take him a little bit to get going. So to do that and have a half a season to then go into free agency again is just going to cost him money. So I get it. And to a certain extent, the New York Yankees, after the offseason that we just had, and every way like the fans have really gotten behind this team of really minor leaguers, I feel that the New York Yankees owe this to us. Yeah, they got to get it done. It's it's not that big of a splash. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's a no-brainer. And I'm sure he wants to come pitch for us. He doesn't want to go back to Houston. He probably wants to stay in the American I don't think League. Houston's even like trying to on go the radar. To Atlanta. I think it's the Twins, the Rays, the Braves, and us. Yeah, Houston's not on the radar. I'm saying that, like that's done. He's definitely not going back to Houston. So where else would you want to go? To another competitor in the American League. And... You know, the, the postseason is going to run through us, Houston. Um, I think it's just it's just simple. I mean, I've heard so much talk about it over the last few days. I just want to know one way or the other. The Yankees got to get it done. And I read something from the New York Post on Twitter that was like, you know, Yankees won't budge on offer. Please budge. Yeah. Please I mean, budge. To take 
the prorated same thing he turned down from Houston. He just looks like a fucking moron because he could be on a team with a nine-game lead making the same yeah. money and going through the same thing again and probably even making where he where already he lives. lives, has a comfortable life, probably has local advertising deals so he'd make more money, you know, whether yeah. it's fucking car dealerships or, you know, whatever it is down there. He's slinging ribs for some company. He's still, you know, it, it would have been a better situation for him. Now, it does bring up, and we don't agree on a lot of these things, and I'm very curious where we're going to land on this. What do you think about the Yankees' facial hair policy? Um, I think eventually it's going to have to change, just like everything else in our world is changing and is becoming more progressive. I think eventually the Yankees will have to let players do what they want with that. I think it's an old policy. I'm not going to say it's outdated because I understand it's like, you know, the Yankee way. It's a clean look. But I think, you know, just the way we pulled Kate Smith's rendition of I don't God think Bless America to be Kate Smith being a racist. That's an old <laughs> racist lady saying picking the niece. Yeah. But I'm saying there are little changes and tweaks like us having a pride night. And we were like one of the last to say, hey, yeah, we'll do a pride night. Little tweaks and changes are made in business and in companies every day to be more progressive. And I think eventually it's going to get to the point where. Maybe it's not a complete, um, hey, you can have a full beard and hair down your back, but maybe like a little bit more leniency on, you know, the beard so, policy. I don't think it's necessarily cost us anyone. Like I know David Price has said, like, I would never sign from the Yankees because, like, I don't want to shave my beard. That's fine because David Price can eat a cock. But I I think what'll what would drive it, like you referenced it. A lot of people don't talk about this, but the Baltimore Orioles also have a beard policy. And they made an exception because Andrew Kashner wasn't gonna sign unless he could grow a beard. And uh that's gotten them to eighteen and forty one. So I just don't think that there's the talent <laughs> out there. And especially if the Yankees stay ahead of the curve in terms of adjusting and having a farm system. And, um, you know, like where we never really need it. We just let Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Dallas Keuchel, um, you know, hopefully we'll get Keuchel because he'll sign because we legitimately just need an arm. But like Bryce Harper has a huge beard and he was dying to be a New York Yankee. Mm -hmm. But like the timing didn't align for him. So we were able to just say, like, you know, kind of fuck it. I, I just don't think I think it's going to have to be player driven. And unless uh ton of players say i'm not signing i'm actually gonna sign with like the red Sox specifically because i grow a beard i don't see why the yankees would make the change see it, it goes back to uh to this putting on the pinstripes the pride of being in yankee stadium nobody is gonna beef about shaving because all of these guys that come in even andrew mccutcheon last year right when he came in he was just pumped to be a yankee shaved his beard he looked like a kid. He made a little Instagram video uh, just like clowning himself. He said he looked like a high schooler. He hadn't seen his own face like that because he's had at least some stubble. Um, I think guys come in to Yankee Stadium, get picked up by the Yankees, and they already know. They're baseball guys. They know, well, got to be clean shaven. And there's no fuss, no fights about it. And even a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who is in Houston and known for his beard, I'm sure he's he already came out and said that he doesn't mind shaving it. And if if we sign him, he'll shave it and they're going to ask him about it and he's not going to have any problems with it. He, you, the thing is, no one is bigger than the team. 
and you're damn sure not bigger than the Yankees. So if you're coming to the Yankees, you got to shave. But I, I feel like maybe in 5, 10, 15 years, we will see a change to policy with the I, Yankees I just, organization. Like, I just can't see. I think it would have to be like several players saying, like, I'm not coming specifically for this. But then at the same time, it's like, like I don't feel bad for these guys at all because they make so much fucking money that it's like, Oh, all you have to do, like, you could yeah, grow that beard back. And I don't know how long, you know, it's taking Dallas Keuchel to grow his beard. But, like, if that takes you three years, that's fine. We're talking about you getting $60 million over three years, essentially. To me, to me, it's this simple, right? There's dress code for, I don't know, Pretty much on every, where you com- every company has are- one, one way or the other. Like, maybe you can wear hoodies somewhere, but, like, you couldn't wear, like, fucking lingerie. You could get away with a hoodie. Other places, right. like, you got to be clean. There's policy. And if you're employed by the New York Yankees, you follow our code of conduct and policy. And no one is bigger than that. And no one is going to beef with that. Because look at all the great players that came before you that shaved the end. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Derek Jeter isn't walking through that door and saying, I got a beard now. I'm glad we agreed on that, Keith. We're really growing as a show and as a team. Yeah. I mean... It, it took us 12 episodes, but there's there's one thing we, we agree on. I mean, and I don't think we ever really disagree. Sometimes I pick sides just to pick a side, but then other times I just don't care either way. Yeah, well, hey, we're growing as a couple. So <laughs> either way, Dallas Keuchel, stop being a fucking lazy millennial and get a goddamn job. I'd love for it to break while we're on here so I can get excited. I know. I'm li- I literally was just looking at my phone because I people were tweeting about it. Um I think the New York Post was just trolling earlier with the uh, the tweet that I saw about, oh, uh, Yankees won't budge on the deal. Just because they're not budging on the deal doesn't mean that, you know, well, Michael's it's not all signing, just so. like hot takes. You know, it's like it's clickbait. It's all, hey, this is going to get people's attention uh, on Twitter. Anything that says Dallas and Keuchel like is going to get us. Feinstein clicks. had to get out this morning. Like I'm here in one of two places and like. Andrew Marchand's like, oh, it's the Yankees or the Braves. Everyone is just regurgitating the same shit on Twitter to try to get like a couple likes on it. And then really all it is, is like a trickle down effect. Like these guys heard it like in a locker room or in a hotel lobby. They tweet it. Then like bloggers are like, well, I'm here and it's just going to be this or it must be this. It's the same thing. Like when the Yankees tweet out the lineup every day, there are people like if you want to retweet the lineup and make a joke, that's fine. But then there are people who are just like, take what the Yankees just tweeted out and then just type it. Like they take the image the Yankees have and then they type it like it's some original thing. Like no one gives a fuck. We know where to get that. There, yeah, there is a Twitter account at MLB lineups that just tweets the team lineups and they have a lot of followers. Fuck, it's smart and it's easy and it's (laughs) probably done by a robot. Um, So let's talk about the week in Yankees baseball. And it was, I said it was going to be an exciting week last week. And it was an exciting week. Back-to-back exciting weeks. When we last spoke, we were uh, we were getting ready to lose to the Padres. And I said, I said on Tuesday, I said, listen, even if we lose today, the Yankees are winning two or three. The Padres fucking stink. And yeah. I have never been more right in my life because we went out on Wednesday and won a 7 nothing 1 o'clock game. Which is great because yeah. I know your Twitter is full of Yankees people. My Twitter is full of Yankees people. So you see people like, what? What's this fucking 1 o'clock game on a Wednesday? 1 o'clock Wednesday game. People got work. There is no better time for a 7 nothing like just trouncing because no one had to worry. 
It was a nice, relaxing day. Like, oh, whatever yeah. you had going on in your life, whatever I had going on in my life, we were able to relax because this game was over in the fifth inning. Yeah, the, the worst is when you're at work or you're in the car or you're doing something and you get alert. The, the Yankees are down for nothing. That's what happened the day before with Tanaka giving it up in the first inning. But boom, Wednesday, they invite all the kids from the Bronx that got A's and B's or something. There were a lot of kids at the stadium and like we kicked their ass seven nothing shutout and it was over quick it's like one of those games where they got to fly back across the country and you knew they were checked out like watching that game i'm like yeah they're already thinking about the flight back get the padres the fuck out of here i saw a kid i think i put it on uh the george's box instagram story when i was leaving the game friday i saw a kid with a will, will myers jersey on i literally looked at him I'm like get the fuck out of here I'm like we, we got the padres out of here a few days ago, why would you even show up on Friday with a Padres jersey, like all proud? Like people trip me out with what jerseys I they actually, wear. Actually, and, and we could just transition right into the uh, the Friday night game. So we we did we won that game. We did have a rainout on Thursday, and uh, we've had a lot of rainouts lately. But this rainout was actually great because we were gonna have to go with a an opener one day, and now we didn't have to because. Uh, we haven't yet signed Dallas Keuchel, so our rotation isn't fucking shambles, and he's a lazy piece of shit who won't get a job. But uh, by having that rain out, we we were able to avoid, you know, kind of you know bleeding the bullpen out, especially when you have CC back in the rotation. You know, you're going to, um, you know, you know, you're going to need to use some bullpen. So we moved right on into this Red Sox series without having to play that Thursday game, and right into the Friday night BP Crew event. And boy, was that a movie. I think that's what the kids are saying nowadays. Yeah. That's what I was calling it before I even got yeah, there. It was a good ass time. I think people saw like tweets and videos and were very much like, I need to go and go to a fucking game with these guys. Yeah. I mean, if you know, like we know, this is the most fun you're going to have at Yankee Stadium. Like this is the most fun you, you can possibly have with a group of people that are all fans, all wearing the same T-shirts, all in the same section. 200 people it's ridiculous we had a guy from germany we had uh we had the baseball brit the guy who's traveling around the country but like a guy flew in from germany yeah there were people from really all over the place alaska i met some guys from alaska uh a young guy his uncle showed me his like basement with like all yankees photos on the wall um dr nick uh from north carolina him and his his girlfriend i talked to them in the dugout uh, there was people from all over that that came to this game, that traveled to this game. And I mean, I love it. I love just talking to people that are like, hey, man, I enjoy the podcast. I listen to the podcast. It kind of like pumps you up to be there with your your like listeners, with like fellow fans and to keep doing this. So uh, the BP crew the event, next when's the next one? June, June 22nd, 22nd. Seven o'clock game on a Saturday. Um, go to BronxPinstripes.com. Go to the fan shop. Get tickets. Um, it's always a good time. I, so maybe I'm a little full of myself here, but I think you caught some of the show that I, I feel like people come out to the, these things. I know they're not just there to watch the Yankees. They're there, there to interact with us. So every inning, I just moved to a different part of our section and just started like, yeah, it started off with like, Oh, I'm telling jokes over here. Oh, I'm telling stories over here. Oh, I'm asking questions. Oh, I've drank enough beers that now like, there's a guy, and this is why I transitioned this. There's a guy in just an Orioles jersey. I just started yelling at him, like, why would you wear that? Like, we know you like baseball. <laughs> You're already fucking here. Like, why would you do that? Right. That's exactly with the Will Myers jersey. Like, why are you wearing 
uh, Orioles jersey or Will Myers jersey when the team is not playing. Like, you paid for a ticket. We know you're a baseball fan. Yeah, man, I, the atmosphere is awesome because all of us are together in that section. And then you have the, like, fourth wall of, like, Twitter where we're, like, all tweeting and, like, posting our images and pictures while we're there. And then, like, I don't know, it's just this whole thing of, like, Twitter in real life. And then Bronx Pinstripes being able to mobilize real Yankee fans. It's one thing to have a little following. And I'm not knocking um, these people, but there are a lot of Yankee accounts on Twitter, they, they couldn't Instagram, move and they have followers. Exactly. They have followers, but they're, they're not selling tickets. They're not, they're not really mobbing like we're mobbing. And we have chapters now across the country where we're not just doing this in the Bronx. In July, this is going to happen in Tampa. Yeah, and that's amazing wild. to me. Um, I think I smoked like three people's jewels. And like when I look back at it, I was just I was just standing in the middle of a section. No one around me just smoking like it was no problem. I mean, we went to Billy's <laughs> after I know you took some videos like I was dancing. Oh, I have epic videos of you ripping uh, Old Town Road and then one of the Cardi B songs. I'm going to edit them and put them together. I for broke YouTube. my wedding ring I, uh, sometime so this week. I know when you slap the ground in the video, you can hear and my the wedding like, ring ding. snapped in half. <laughs> I'm mangled in the Bronx. My wife is not there. And I snapped my wedding ring in half. This is after <laughs> I tried to throw my sunglasses at Andrew during the game. And my wedding ring went flying like 20 rings and 20 rows. And some woman like got it and brought it back to me. I was mangled. So you need it. I know I have like I have like so you need a backup ring. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, oh, okay. we've been. So, no, we've this been isn't the first this time. That, that ring was probably ring seven or eight. I've been married. I'm coming up on four years <laughs> this summer. So we, um, dude, I woke up. So then we did at the end of it. If people follow Bronx Pinstripes on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, uh, we do these post game videos. You know, whether it's Scott, Andrew, Keith, myself, after the games, we try to recap like what happened, build some excitement, drive some engagement. And uh, I woke up on Saturday morning in a hotel in Midtown. And I so I did that first, like, wake up, and I was like, where the fuck am I? Because I'm not at home. My phone is next <laughs> to me, totally dead. So I plug it in. It's 6.30 in the morning. I plug it in, and it takes, you know, a couple minutes to power up. And then my phone just, like, just, it gets filled with notifications. And I look at it and go... Well, it appears I made a video on Bronx pinstripes last night that I have no recollection of. I'm not ready to face this. So I got high and went back to sleep till like 1030. And then I watched it. And man, did I cut a wrestling promo on the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> listen was, here, uh, brother. Was the first thing listen you said. Here, yeah, brother. listen here, brother. With the, you the come whole here Hogan to the voice. Derek Jeter. Bill. Dude, I'm a big wrestling guy. Like our intro it, like our intro song is wrestling. The like thing that I yell at the beginning is wrestling. Love wrestling. I. Someone said I look like Velveteen Dream. I had no I idea. I thought that the whole time. I had no idea who that was. I had to Google it after that video went out, and I'm like, I can dude, see you it. Look Velvet, just I'll like take that, Velveteen Dream. You should take Dream. that as a compliment because what you're 31. He's like 20. Anytime someone says, yeah, and he's Jack. Dude, he's a future. He's probably the future of wrestling. I'll take that. Um. So. Listen, I can't say enough about these Bronx Pinstripes events. Originally, I wasn't going to go to the June one because, like, leave for London that week. But, like, I'm going. I think I'm going to go to all of them. Like, yeah, th those shits are a blast. If you're just looking to go to a game, get it's drunk. It's worth it. And it's not like you go to a game 
and then you sit there and just watch the game. Like where, I mean, I put on a show. I'm running around doing all sorts of shit. And I, as I went section to section, like within our section, I was doing it by like climbing over yeah. seats. So I'm just getting drunker and fatter as it goes. So it's funnier and funnier. <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome, man. Cause that's what, that's literally what people are there for to interact with the Bronx pinstripes crew and to meet all of us in the talk and to be with actual fans and real Yankee fans. There's a lot of tourists. We're, we're in New York. There's a lot of tourists in Yankee Stadium. And I, I told you when we were walking into the game, I'm like, this is a premier game. Like when the ticket office talks about premier games, it's Red Sox, Mets. And those are the games where you get the corporate office that leaves and they want to just go to the game to celebrate their first summer Friday. Like that was the game. Then you have the group of friends that are having their reunion, their one get together, and they're at the game. And everyone's trashed. And you get a little bit of everyone but our crew is real fans, real people that talk to each other online, that listen to the podcast, and we're growing. We're, we're literally growing by the, the second. Someone else is, you know, seeing what we're doing, and they want to get down. Just those Take the East shirts, so many people ask, can you get me a shirt? Can you get me a shirt? Can we? I'm like, listen, if you want a shirt, buy yeah, a ticket. That's all you got to do. It comes. it comes with the ticket. You'll get a shirt mailed to your yeah. house, same way I did. So come out to the next event, June 22nd. The one after that, July 20th. Uh, then there's ones in August and September. We'll figure those out. While we're sitting here recording, Dallas Keuchel is retweeting people saying, you should sign with the White Sox. You should sign with the Braves. I think I might fist fight this motherfucker if he doesn't sign with the Yankees. Now I got to go look up his Twitter. Oh, yeah. Kid Coochie. I, I've seen this. He doesn't sign with the Yankees. So uh, obviously Friday night, we beat up on the Red Sox. It was a great game. Chris Sale actually looked pretty good at times. Uh, there was really one big inning where we chipped away at him. Uh, Gary Sanchez just picking guys off at second base uh, really came out to flex like for this season. Everyone said he was fat. He was lazy. And yes, he's not great at blocking balls, but he's knocking the cover off the ball. It took him a little bit. He was coming back from some shoulder stuff. Now he's back, you know, just gunning guys out. Um, and I think, you know, Friday night, Yankees, Red Sox trying to end their season. Gary Sanchez is stepping up in big games. I said last week, like, I feel like every home runs after the seventh inning. It's always a nail in the coffin or to give us the lead. Um, he's making big plays on big stages, which is really what you want to see as you're getting ready to, you know, go through a season and play on the biggest stage you can, which is the World Series. Oh, yeah. This is uh, 2019, Gary, when he got hurt and came back. And he struggled a little bit. There's so many Gary Sanchez haters, and I don't understand it. But, like, when he struggled, uh, he had, like, a little, like, return slump. And then he started hitting those bombs in San Francisco. I'm like, oh, this is 2019, Gary. He's looking for revenge. He's on a mission. He knows that last year was not uh, even kind of close to the player that he is. And he's making a, a run to shut everybody the fuck up. And I love it because you can't talk about his defense when he's throwing guys out. He's been way he's been way better behind the plate, but no one wants to give him credit for it. And then he's leading the AL in in home runs, and they're home runs that win games for us, like the home run he hit against yeah. the, Red, the Red Sox. But which like, was yeah, the Saturday he goes out there, he he hits a two run home run, and you know it's the fifth inning, but like it's clutch. It's what we needed at the time. It's crazy, dude, because when you think about him catching a game. He's him as a catcher and being that much of an offensive weapon. I don't know how anyone could hate on him because Gary's bat. Like, I don't know how anyone could hate on him. He's ridiculous. He smacks balls and he smacks balls 
when we need him to make a difference. He lives for those moments, like the moment he hit the two-run shot to beat the Red Sox on Saturday. He lives for those like walk-off moments, those late moments to be the guy that is feared and that everyone knows, okay, Gary Sanchez is up. You know what he's going to do. Release the Kraken. So let me tell you a little bit more about how my Saturday went after I watched that video. I stayed in my hotel till the last possible second that I had to check out. And then I went right into a boozy brunch and drank like eight margaritas. Like right back on the horse. Just like <laughs> eight margaritas. I and then Hair of the dog. Got to get know right I'm back into 7 it. o'clock game. And I'm up there really to film more episodes of Stadium Meets. So I'm like, great. Now, what am I going to film? I had ideas about what I was going to do in the stadium. But I said, you know what? It's a nice day. I've just had margaritas. I should go to La Bodega. <laughs> yeah, that's my spot. I saw you over there. I went to a liquor store and bought a flask of Jameson because I always do a Bud Light and a Jameson at the bars. And I went yeah. and I brought my wife from South Jersey, um, who has never been there. Um, I brought Charlie Wisco, who's another like Yankees internet person who's I'm boys with. And this girl, Kelly Keeks, who's like the skinniest, whitest girl in the world. And I was like, yeah, no. And I kept explaining this to them, trying to explain to them. And they just were like, oh, so, but like, they have a liquor license, right? And I was like, no, they don't. Like, this isn't a bar. Like, I kept explaining, like, no, we're going to a bodega. <laughs> yeah, you don't know until you go. There, who manages the place. And we're going to walk through a cooler. We went there. I bought the beers, went in the back, pulled out the camera to start filming. And someone immediately was like, do not ruin this for us. Don't say where this is. Now, I filmed the intro like blocks away. Like, I didn't, you can't find La Bodega based on my video, but I was in there drinking, everybody smoking. It was, of like, course. we walked in. We walked Bro, in. There's a, a guy there with a raw, like, raw rolling papers, like, tray, like, that someone has, like, in their coffee yeah. table at home. I was like, these motherfuckers are not playing games. Um, if you know, you know. That's yeah. what kind of spot Then it we is. went to Billy's and I filmed the Billy Stadium Eats. And uh, again, I've got Bud Light, Jameson. I am screaming because it's Yankees Red Sox Saturday night game. The whole video, I'm screaming. I do the limbo under a guy's belt. Like there, I was in a dance circle in this video. It's going to be, it's a movie. I sent it to Scott <laughs> Andrew, the raw footage. When I got home, was like, dude, I'm going to win an Emmy. I don't even think this, I can win an Emmy, but I'm going to. Um, and then I went inside and I did, uh, I reviewed the new wine at Yankee Stadium. So now I'm just like margaritas, Bud Light and Jameson, Bud Light and Jameson, Bud Light Trash. and Jameson. And, uh, and then they're Drunk giving me, it's not just like, oh, here's a wine class. I'm doing Faded. crafts <laughs> of wine. I had a craft of rosé and a craft of white wine to review it. It was, I was so mangled. I, I can't even look at the rest of the videos yet to see what it looks like. But we beat the shit out of the Red Sox, 5-3. And I had a great time doing it. It was just so great being at Yankee Stadium two nights in a row. I haven't done a back-to-back uh, yet this year. And it was just great doing it. Sunday, I felt awful. I had back spasms. I was so dehydrated from drinking so much. <laughs> that's, that's such a wash reference. Oh, I, I did. I, I'm dreading. Like I know we're going the 19th of July, and then we have another event the 20th of July. And I've booked my hotel and everything. And I'm just like, oh, man, I got to book like an IV for Sunday morning. 
Yeah, I'm going to remind you to drink I mixed water in, in between. No waters. I'm like, I mixed oh, here's in a water no bottle. waters. I'm the king of telling people mix in a water. I didn't mix Ask in a him single for it. water. Ask it him for so it bad. then. So you were just straight flooding your system with alcohol for all hours different kinds different of alcohol. Kinds all of different alcohol. kinds of alcohol. Ask also, him for the hangover. To go back to Friday spasms. night, I was like, yo, I woke up and there was just a bag of McDonald's. Well, a bag of what used to be McDonald's. <laughs> and I was like, yo, what the fuck happened? I looked at my text messages and I was like trying to meet up with people in the city, but I'm 34. So it turns out no one is out <laughs> in the city at night that I know. Yeah. Yeah. That time has passed. And then someone <laughs> invited me to the Lower East Side. I said, no, nah, I just got dropped off at McDonald's. And then I remembered that while we were waiting for in line to go into Billy's, I pulled out a spliff and we smoked. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And I getting up to the Bronx too, I took the train up. And I made sure I refilled my Metro card when I got there before there'd be like lines and stuff after the game. I still took a $50 Uber home. Like, what a fucking idiot. You 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 did everything that people do when they're drunk. You took a $50 to Uber. You, you had McDonald's late after drinking like every kind of alcohol. Smoked a, smoked a spliff as you walked into the bar. Broke, broke your my wedding, wedding. <laughs> And then you know what I decided was the best on top of it all? Let me start yelling about pushing the Red Sox shit in. Like, I was just yelling, we're pushing their oh, shit yeah, that in. that was great. What a <laughs> psychopath. That was great. I didn't know what was coming. You see me and Scott in the back, like, Scott's like, get your boy. Did he I'm say like, something? get your boy. <laughs> yeah, because you started going in, and you see him and I in the background just laughing because we knew what you were about Dude, to do. If, we knew you were about to say something along the lines If you watch that video, that. at the beginning, I kind of remember them just being like, hey, we're doing the video. And I was just like, all right. And if you look, I am not there. Like, Andrew starts talking, and I'm not there. My eyes are dead. And then all of a sudden, like, something just kicked in. I do kind of remember that I was just like, Andrew's saying boring stuff. No one wants to hear this. I'm going to start yelling. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we all had been drinking for yeah, five it hours It was like, straight. Andrew was trying to do the right thing and be like, these are, like, recap videos. I'm going to recap this game. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm in the NWO right now. <laughs> oh Solid, man so man. saturday night so saturday night was a great game the, uh saturday yeah so we won the first two games and of the red sox series Clint and now Frazier we have happened. to talk about sunday, sunday. we got cc coming back he's going for his 250th win which i think for the most part even though wins are supposed to be irrelevant um i think the baseball community has accepted 250 wins now gets you in the hall of fame you know, it used to be 300. Yeah. And yeah I mean, it used CC's to be 300, in. but it's weird. You know, like Fred McGriff ended up being like a couple short and he's not in the Hall of Fame of, you know, getting 500 home runs. But it used to be 500 home runs, 300 wins. Yeah. But now, you know, 250, it really just like cements it and he's going to get it. I mean, it's early in the season, but it was good to have him back. Um, we had a hard time really just, you know, David Price came out and, and you know, was kind of dealing. And then the seventh inning happened, and Clint Frazier, he fucked up. He fucked up. I'm a big Clint Frazier yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he shit the bed, like, like pretty bad. Are, are you going to go in on him? Because I'll defend him just to take the other side. Because I defended him at first so, on Twitter, and everyone was jumping on me like, no, it is his fault. He blew it. He so lost the whole game So I don't think he lost the whole us. game. But I like to play I, I devil's advocate sometimes. I mean, Jay Martinez went deep in the first. No. Eduardo Nunez is driving in. Um, yeah. We never led. We, we never, never had, had a lead in the game. So he couldn't all. have lost the game. Um, so Clint Frazier did not lose the game first. And I did say last week when he was struggling, 
I said, I feel like he's very much in his own head. He's making like routine plays are looking tough for him or he's not making them. I feel like he just needs like a great play to get his confidence back. And one of those balls he dove for was I, I feel like he was going for that. My issue isn't so much with his play because I think he's showing up every day and he is he's out there. He's trying. He's out there before the games. He's working with the outfield coach. He's working with Aaron Judge. He's doing everything he can physically do to try to become better. Um, offensively, he's been very big for us this year. My issue really comes with how he carried himself after the game and and not facing yeah, the media. And so do that. while we've been recording this show, so for anyone who doesn't know, Clint Frazier had about 14 errors in the seventh inning. And it was embarrassing. And it's embarrassing as a major leaguer. But after the game, he told the Yankees PR team, you know, they tell you when you're available for the media. And he told them, I will not be speaking to the media. Yeah. And the Yankees said, PR told him, and you should go talk to the media. And he said no. Today, while we've been recording yeah. this, and this is uh, a couple people have tweeted, but Brian Hoke uh, is on my timeline with it. Clint Frazier held court in a raw interview at his locker today. Lots of disgust. He said he does not regret declining to speak the other night and owes no one an apology. He also said he has struggled to fit in and believes that he has been treated unfairly by the media. To be completely clear, Yankees PR encouraged Frazier to speak after the game the other night. He said no, among other things. That's not good. So... Yeah, that doesn't fucking help either. Don't do don't come out today and say that. He's so he's batting sixth and he's DHing today. So at least we're we're giving him that boat of confidence. Like you're still in the lineup. We're not gonna let your dumb ass go out there and fuck it up again in right field, but you're in the lineup. We wanna see you uh make up for it with your bat. Cameron Mabin is not gonna play right field even kind of as shitty as Clint Frazier did. But he's like him speaking, I guess now, right, like with today, right? Him saying that probably shows you why he declined to speak on Sunday night because he doesn't have it all together with what he says to the media. It is a game. And the Yankees have trained guys like Aaron Judge, like Derek Jeter on how to speak to the media, how to handle the media in New York City Market One. Clint is a young guy, 24, 25. He's growing up and it's, it's tough. He's growing up on the best team in baseball, the best franchise in the world. And you know what? He has to learn how to be accountable. If you can stand there and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm always hot, you know, and, and have those little moments when you're doing well in front of the camera saying, yeah, you know, I just found something and, you, you know, I was on tonight. Then also stand there and say, I don't know what happened. Um, I'm going to work on it. It'll, it won't happen again. I'm sorry. I don't know what he, what he should have said. But he should have been a man. Take the heat because now you have the rest of the team that has to uh, answer questions for you. And that does it. If you talk about not fitting in, that's how you stand out. That's how you don't fit in by not being accountable, by not standing up, being a man and speaking for yourself, having your teammates speak for you. That's how you alienate yourself and you, you don't fit in when you have a problem fitting in. And no, the media doesn't treat you any type of way, dude. You have taken every fresh pair of Jordans that you have and put spikes on them. You are drawing the attention, right? And I've praised him. I call him the swag champ, hashtag sevens. 
but don't don't do that, man. Don't do that. Don't look for the 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 light when you go out there with the Travis Scott Jordans and the. Did cause, you see the meme someone uh, put on Jordan the Bronx and, Facebook or the BP crew where it's the guy walking with a girl and then looking at another girl? It's like a famous like meme that people. Yeah, I know that so, meme, but what what they it what was they the write guys, under Clint the people? Frazier, the girl with his his arm around is a fly ball the right field, and the girl walking by is what pair of cleats to wear tomorrow. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I said that the so cl- like, I said dude, the cleats would become flex, an issue if he had on-field issues. Oh my fuck! I think last episode I was like, you know, maybe he needs to change his glove as much as he changes his cleats. Maybe it's time to just wear regular baseball spikes, ditch the fucking kick game show, practice, keep working on it, and get right, man. Because I don't think we're giving up on this kid. This kid isn't a regular player. Like he isn't just a everyday type of like outfielder. Like this guy is a rare talent. And I, I know, I mean, like so many, so many people are calling for him to be traded, but I don't think that's the move because how many, I don't know, Brett Gardner's got maybe a year, uh, another year. No, probably not. So even with Stanton coming back and we know it's not the Clint Chambers, it's the judges Chambers, like judge is our right fielder. Clint is a, a temporary fill in for now, but I don't think we give up on this guy. We have to coach him up. We have to work with him. We have to grow him up. And he's got to he's got to literally wear this shit and stop trying to duck it and stop trying to be like, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, man. It's just it's, it's unfortunate to see because I praised him for his swag and he literally set the baseball world and sneaker world on fire. But now he looks like like the goat and not not like the LeBron James goat, like the goat of like like people are joking on him, making fun of him because like he sucked. He literally put on an all time worst showing in the rivalry, which is something that you can't do. You can't you can't go out there against the Red Sox and be giving up runs. Just stop the ball. That's the thing. Watching him, I'm like, he's he can't like he he's diving and he's letting balls go past him. Just stop the ball. So I've got I got more that rant over. Clint said today, I didn't feel like I needed to stand in front of everyone and explain myself. The plays were what they were. I sucked. I lost us the game. Everyone knew what I did, uh, what I did wrong, and that's what it came down to. Aaron Boone said, part of being a big leaguer and certainly part of playing here is we want our guys to always respond uh, when you have certainly played a specific role in a ball game. That's part of being a pro. Uh, um, listen, I'm a right. Clint Frazier guy. I like Clint Frazier. Uh, and part of it is it's hard, I think, for what we do. And by no means are we you know, professional journalists. But when you meet these guys and you get to know them as a person, you feel bad. Like, I'm sure if I met Mike Talkman. I'd feel bad about saying that he sucks, even though, you know, statistics say he does. Um, So I've gotten to know Clint. I know that he wants to be a Yankee. Uh, He says he wants to be a Yankee. But being a Yankee is standing there in front of your locker. Sonny Gray sucked a bag of dicks for a year and a half for the Yankees, and he stood in front of his locker every time and did it. Um, You know, he didn't lose us, you know, because he he's he was a veteran. He was a little bit older, and he knew the deal. Clint is, like as I was saying, is rough. Clint, Clint is young, and he's learning in the spotlight on the, but the biggest stage. Clint did get, because he got what Sonny Gray did not get, and Clint did get New York Yankees media training. Because when he got traded over, even though he was already in AA, in AAA, he got sent to their fall instructional stuff, and sat through media training. This is before Jeter owned the the um, Marlins. 
So like Jeter comes in and talks about stuff with the players. This is how we ended up with Reggie Jackson driving Clint Frazier to get ice cream in his uniform. That was right, all right. from being there for media training. And I even get it more if it's, you know, if we're four games out of first place and we just lost, you know, a game to be a fifth game out of first place against the Red Sox. But we're a first place team. You're having a tough time in the outfield. Um, I think you, you have to stand there just because not that he owes anything to the media, not that he owes necessarily anything to the fans, but to your teammates to say, you know, his big thing was that he feels like he's been singled out by the media since he got here. It started with the hair. Um, it was the number thing of, hey, what jersey, you know, oh, if you could, you know, wear any jersey, what would it be? And he said seven and people turn it into and, you know, Susan Waldman really made some shit up and said, oh, well, he wants them to unretire it, which is not the case at all. I think part of that, though, is if you get shit for your hair and because it's longer and I've said I've always said he gets unnecessary attention because he's got red hair. But if you get attention because of your hair. And then you cut it and then you make it like kind of a mohawk type thing. You're kind of asking for some more attention from it. If you are, you know, hey, like I got railroaded on this number seven thing. And then you come up and you wear 77. People then talk about that again because they say, oh, look, he's playing into it. So that's added attention that you've kind of asked for. And then even with the the concussions too, uh, I I think he he was unfairly treated when he had the concussions, and people were kind of questioning whether you know he really was concussed or not. Me being a former football player, like that's like you don't question that, and like that's not that's not fun. Um, I think Michael K even said something about him, and then apologized about the way that he delivered the message. But here's here's the last thing I'm going to say on on Clint. I heard uh, Mike Francesa say this. If you're going to stand there in front of your locker when you hit the game-winning home run, you also have to stand there when you blow the game. And rest in peace to Bill Buckner, this wasn't the fucking World Series. He didn't blow the World Series. It was game three of a series we already won in June. So, like, be accountable, dude, because there's going to be a lot more games and a lot more meaningful games. And hopefully this doesn't happen to him again, but this is something to learn from. And not being accountable, ducking the media, just makes it all worse. It was it just made a bad. The New York media. Worse. I hope he comes out tonight and he hits. The and New York we can media move on from is this. undefeated. No one's ever beat them, and you're not gonna beat them. You're never gonna beat them. It's market one, and they're deep, and they and literally they're spin artist, and they will take anything you say and do and use it against you unless. You stand up, be accountable, and own up to things, and don't make it about your cleats. You're a baseball player, dude. Make it about your play on the field, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Own up to it. The end. I still love the kid. I think he's nice, man. I love his swag. I love his style. I love his bat speed. What I don't love is watching him struggle in right field, but the thing is, he's a superior athlete. We can figure this out. Maybe he's better suited for left field he doesn't have to go back into right right now. We have Cameron Mabin and we have Aaron Judge, obviously, as our right fielder for the next decade. This thing with Clint will blow over. He's got to hit. He's got to be a man. He's got to grow up, be accountable. And something else will happen where the media won't care about this after um, tonight. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough because if he thinks the media was against him before, to say 
Yeah, I wish he didn't say what he just said while we're recording this. He just literally he, made it worse. I So here's the thing. I think Clint Frazier is going to have a very good major league career. There's a very good chance now that it is not for the Yankees because, um, right. I mean, Alex Rodriguez was the most hated person in baseball, and he stood in front of his locker every day. He took steroids, right. got caught, stood and in front of his locker with his purple lips. There's not enough room on this team for this many outfielders. We got guys coming back. We got two um, gigantic outfielders coming back. Everyone knows who they are. The trade deadline approaches. We could use some arms. It sucks to say, but he could either be sent down or traded in the next month or two. And it's like, damn, I I don't want that to I don't want that to be all she wrote for Clint Frazier. I'd like to see pinstripes. him have a great career for the Yankees. I think he's gonna have a great major league career. Um, I think he's. If anything, if nothing else, like he's kind of hurting his trade value. So, like, maybe he sticks around. But not even, man. Everyone understands. That's the thing. Everyone understands he's 24, 25 years old. I'm not sure which, which one he is. And these things happen. Andujar's rookie year, people dogged him for his defense, but his bat saved him. People are still, um, last year, we're getting at Gary for his defense, but he worked on it. These things get worked on. Even when you go back to Jeter. Like these guys don't come up and naturally have it at that level. They have to work on it and they'll get there. And I just would hate to see Clint Frazier's mouth blow it for him or his lack of mouth or now like, you know, it's it's just unfortunate. I, I feel like someone's got to really wrangle him in. I, I goes back to what I said, I think a week or two ago. I don't think him and Gardner are boys. I don't think him and Gardner have a relationship because if him and Gardy are cool, Guardy's going to grab him and say, yo, you, you have to speak yeah. to the media. And then even today, say, yo, do not watch what you say. Tread lightly before we go into this series because now you could fuck it up even more by what you say today. And that's exactly what he just I did. I hope that um, like CeCe steps in here and like takes him under his wing. Right. We need a veteran. Need, yeah, yeah. CeCe we need a veteran. Guy. I, it's, a veteran. You know, it's tough to even know if, like, does Clint have a friend in that locker room? Before before this all happened, you know, does he have someone that he's close with? I feel like I haven't seen as much of it this season, but I feel like you always see a lot of, like, pictures of, like, players out to dinner on off days and stuff like that. I feel like Clint's never in that mix. No, I feel like, I mean, he got traded over here. <clears throat> And out of the young guys, he, I mean, he's been he was concussed all year. So who was he really around? He's kind of like um, the last, you know, of like Judge and and uh, Gary. I think he got traded and was like still in AAA with them for like a minute. But like he's not really a part of that group. Uh, Gliber just, you know, kind of flew through. So he doesn't really have even like, you know, like his freshman class. But hey, we beat the shit out of the Red yeah, Sox. I don't, I don't took know. Two or three out of them. And right. you know what? Hey, Fuck we're the two Red and a Sox. They're, they're like eight, eight and games a half. behind us now. Eight and a so. half. We're two and a half up eight on and Tampa. Half. Perfect. Can't Dallas wait till. still hasn't signed. Can't wait till they're completely so, out of it. Let's talk injuries because people are coming back. Uh, we've got CeCe came back on Sunday. He looked all right. He didn't look great. He looked, you know, CeCe looked like CeCe. And he, he gave us really what we are going to get out of him, I feel like, at this point in his career. One interesting theory that I, I have seen, uh, which I think would make a lot of sense, is if we can get someone like Dallas Keuchel, then you can move, instead of shutting down Domingo Herman, you can have him be CeCe's reliever. Wolfen. 
So CC can go out yeah. and, you know, he gave up three runs in six innings, you know, on Sunday. Maybe that's five innings. Then Mingo's going two. Now we've got a seven inning start out of this guy. And you'd use Domingo on maybe some other days if needed. But if you kind of build that like tam tandem, so you have like a five and a half man rotation, you know, that keeps Domingo, who's pitching well aside from his last two starts, around. And, um, Fucking Dallas Keuchel, stop ruining my goddamn life. In positive news, Didi Gregoria should be back on Friday and join the team in Cleveland. Um, Didi coming back before Stanton and Judge, I don't think anyone saw. Um, I think it's – it is. <laughs> it really laughable. is. I think it's um, it's great. It shows a lot about like his dedication. That's a guy who you know loves being a Yankee. He hasn't been playing great in AAA, but I think it's just like a timing thing. Just get him in there. Get him the reps. Um, and, you know, let him get through that and then bring him up on Friday and have him meet the team in Cleveland, which is exciting because not only is he he's a very good baseball player, it kind of solidifies our infield defensively a little better, um, gives the ability to give some guys days off, even though it's tough to complain when we're in first place. And, uh, you know, Didi's just he's just a fun guy to watch and like have on the team. He's a lot of energy. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he's the type of guy that rises to the occasion. So as soon as he's back, he's going to make plays. He's a superior athlete, and this is his team. Um, This is the guy that we got to replace Derek Jeter. He's going to come back, and he's going to do what he's supposed to do. So I'm excited about Didi coming back. Replace for 28. Um, Luis Severino uh, made 50 throws from 60 feet yesterday. Uh, He said he felt good. It's encouraging. The next step would be throwing on back-to-back days. Um, and he believes he'll be back shortly after the all-star break. Anything can happen there though. We're talking, we're talking arms. So it's, it's tough to really confirm that he'll be back around then. Uh, Batanches, is threw 30 pitches on Sunday. So he is edging towards, uh, you know, uh, return this month, which will be awesome. Uh, with the Yankees on the road, Aaron judge has gone back to Tampa to rehab. So it seems like he's with the team when they're at home, when he's down there, he has started to hit off a tee taking some dry swings, uh, working his way back. We've seen him playing catch. So hopefully by like the end of the month we could get him. I could see them trying to get him back for London. Um, I think it will be interesting, though, because he does need to rehab, and there is that 20-day clock that, you know, even if he started a rehab assignment in, th- you know, two days, he wouldn't really be back for that flight. One thing that will annoy me is if he is rehabbing or, you know, if he's not on that roster – if he's not on the major league roster, I don't want him flying to London to just be the face of baseball. I want the focus to be on getting back and getting healthy, similar to why I don't like guys in the home run derby. Like, I don't care about the league. Yeah, I don't I don't care about that shit either. And I understand Major League Baseball, what they're trying to do, what they want to do, what they're probably encouraging the Yankees to do. But, you know, we got bigger things going on than two games in London, which are going to be awesome. But we're thinking World Series, and we need a big man back and ready to uh, to make this push. So don't rush him back for late June if he's not ready. And I don't. I mean, I think he should come back after the All Star break. To be honest, with the way the team is, you know, and the way the team's performing, like I'm fine with it. If there's any reason to put a rush on him, it's not London. It's Clint Frazier. (laughs) Um, Stanton uh, today had nine at bats in a simulated game. He faced Danny. Uh, Farquhar, guy who got hit, uh, the guy who had the uh, brain aneurysm, uh, and Ben Heller, who's recovering yeah. from Tommy John surgery, who's a guy who 
Not a lot of people talk about Ben Heller. He came over in the Clint trade. Guy throws 100 miles an hour. So look for an extra arm maybe later this year um, coming back. But uh, Stanton did run first to third, uh, which is encouraging. And it sounds like his minor league rehab could start up again uh, at some point later this week, which would be good. Hopefully he won't need a full 20 days. And really, hopefully he just, like, if they stretch for 20 minutes before a game, stretch for 30. Because... Yeah, yeah. get him get ready him to loose. go like extra, you know, get him extra ready to go. Get the uh, get the med balls, get the get the foam rollers, get him stretched out and limber because there's a lot of pressure on Stanton coming back with what he makes. He has to play. And if he comes back and struggles like they booed, they booed Clint Frazier on, Sunday. on uh, Sunday night. Stanton comes in and he's not hitting and he gets a, you know, a 0 for, 0 for 4 first game back. Yeah. It's not going to be oh, good. Oh, man. I feel bad for him to a certain extent, but he's just he's got to get healthy. So that's what's going yeah, on in Yankee land. Uh, it's now 6-11, and uh, Dallas Keuchel still has not signed with the Yankees because what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit trash. around the league. Um, another person got hit. With a line drive in an MLB baseball game. Uh, looks like a little girl got hit in a Cubs game. We just missed this. Um, I was pretty, like, against the netting. I used to be against the netting. When they first put it up after Todd Frazier hit that kid, because um, I used to sit in champions all the time, and the opening day last year, they didn't have it. Flex. Yeah, slight flex. Slight flex. Um, I could be anywhere in the world, but there I am. Uh they didn't have it properly set up, so there were a lot of poles in the way, and you actually like it took away from the viewing experience. Now that they've done it properly, um, I, I'm no longer against it. But then also, as you just like see this kind of keep happening, uh, I was very much on the like, well, pay attention to the game. Like you should be there, you should pay attention to the game. I don't care if you're an adult, if you're a child. Maybe children shouldn't be allowed to sit that close. Uh, but you know, as I've thought about it more, and this is just me maturing. Uh, like kids are on their phones, people are on their phones, you're taking pictures, whatever it is, and the ball just comes in, uh, you know, too fast. So I've, you know, changed and I've grown as a person. I'm all for having the netting going down the lines, you know, extended past the dugouts. And really to see it was uh, Albert Amora who hit it. I mean, this guy, he was like, he was in tears. He was just hugging a security guard. Like yeah. that guy felt so bad for just going out there and doing his job that like, you know, it, it shouldn't happen. Kids shouldn't get hit or really anybody with balls. Players shouldn't feel like that or, or be shaken up or have to miss a game or even part of a game or really just be subject to crying on the field and embarrassing themselves. I mean, this happened Tuesday night, I think. And so we missed it on the podcast last week. So we're talking about it now. But I've, I've read and heard a lot about this. And he's got two little boys. So he probably immediately pictured his sons being in that position. You know, I think this girl was like four or five years old and there's there's no I mean, there's no way that even if if she was paying attention, what is a four or five year old girl going to do to stop a baseball? Yeah. Um, I think he I think he felt terrible about it because he's got two little kids himself and he put probably, you know, his own kid in that situation. And he's gone out of his way to say how much he wants to have a relationship with this little girl, how much he wants to be in her life growing up and Major League Baseball. You got to be looking at shit like this and thinking about like, okay, there we don't need this anymore. We don't need players going to console families and little girls and trying to have a relationship because they hit a foul ball. 
put the nets up, all 30 ballparks, make them go all the way down to the foul pole, and and be done with it. I think in, in Japan, they have, like, glass up. Um, there they is have in one up. of the stadiums in, I think it's in Japan, there is, like, there's the netting. Like, they have netting everywhere. But there's a section that doesn't have the netting. Like, it's almost, like, kind of, like, caged in. And, uh, like, you pay yeah. extra to sit there and you get a glove. And, like, you're just ready to go. Yeah. And there's literally no more drawbacks, right? I hear the argument about, oh, season ticket holders don't want the obstructive view. It's not an obstructive view. Then your eyes adjust, adjust to the net. Like, it's not an obstruction. An, an obstruction is a pole being in front of your view like they have at Fenway. Um, the other thing is that they say, oh, well, fans come to the game for the chance to catch a foul ball. Well, you can still get those foul balls that go straight up. No one really comes to the game to, to get a 105-mile-per-hour uh, foul ball to the face. So, like, there's really no more arguments. Major League Baseball will focus on every fucking thing but the things that need to be addressed and need to be changed, like the safety of the people paying to First time I sport. sat in so, Champions, I, I, don't know. I used to sit in Section 012, so it's right by the ball boy. And the suite, the Kettle One Lounge, is, like, right behind that section. So we came in. Yeah, game had just started. We go down to grab like some food and some drinks. Come up to the top of the stairs. Ichiro rips a foul ball, hits a lady sitting seven feet from me, like in the head. She got stretchered out first game. It was a, a tough thing to hear. Bro, last year, a, a old lady, like a, I think she was celebrating her 79th birthday at Dodger Stadium. She got hit and then died later in the hospital. And they tried to sweep that one un, under the rug. You didn't hear too much about it, but you heard about it. Now that, you know, this happened with um, Almora Jr. Enough is enough. Major League Baseball, you have enough issues with your game and your game being third place behind the NBA and NFL. Like, do the right thing. Make it a mandate that everyone has to have it. Every ballpark. And we'll move into the future without having this being a, a topic of discussion anymore. Literally, no one has come out in, in the media. No broadcasters. No writers to say, um... No, we shouldn't put nets. Everyone is saying this is the last straw. This should be the it. weird thing Make is the changes like now. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never built a batting cage, but like it's just netting. It can't be that expensive. I feel like it's like a five hundred dollar fix for like every stadium. No, it's not. It's not even the expense. I just said it was like they were trying to say it was an obstructed view for season. Oh no, no, I understand that. that. I'm just saying seats. like normally that's like yeah. There's no cost. They have those nets Major, laying There's around. so much money like, in. Right, there's so much money in baseball, and I guess it's it's a park by park, organization by organization deci- decision. But now make it a mandate that everyone has to have this up after they the per- All Star break or something. Perfect timing. You have the All Star break. They to get do have a netting right. up to protect the monuments in Monument Park, but not not kids. <laughs> Think about that. Right, we have we have netting to protect uh, Yogi Bear's number plaque and. <laughs> Think about that. That's funny you said that. We we are protecting Monument Park to keep it nice and shiny so no balls come in and scuff it. But there are places in Major League Baseball where your child will get their face blown off by a foul ball because there's no net in front I of I did them. just see a tweet. I know we moved on from it, but uh, our our editor, Rich, over at uh, Bronx Pinstripes, just tweeted, the redhead with cats and custom cleats has a hard time fitting in. Weird. <laughs> Um, in other baseball news, the Cubs and Cardinals are confirmed to be playing in London in 2020. Um, I mean, I won't be going to that one, but we're going to, we're going this year. Um, I think that's a 
it, it's going to be interesting because Yankees Red Sox is obviously a big rival like globally. I think accessibility from New York and from Boston to fly to Europe versus now you get a bunch of Midwesterners out in London. I mean, that'll kind of be a show. Yeah, no, it's not, not the, same. the same. It'll be a show. Um, the rival. I don't think there's any rivalry like Yankees Red Sox, especially right now. It's pretty hot. Um, but uh, the Cubs and Cardinals, you know, they will uh, they'll hopefully put on uh, a good show out there. Um, but, you know, obviously they, they both have to be contenders. I know they're only like one and three games out of first place right now. But I feel like, you know, every once in a while, one of those teams can kind of stink. And if if they go out there and they're, you know, one of those teams is throwing up a dud next year, that's going to uh, kind of shoot the uh, shoot the league in the foot. But at least they're not we're not throwing out the equivalence of like, you know, Jaguars Colts that the NFL does out there. Right. The NFL picks games for London that are usually trash and then they're nine in the morning. So it's like who actually sees them um, with this Cubs Cardinals game? The Cardinals, you know, rave about their fan base and everybody knows the Cubs have fans because they sucked for decades. People and, kept going. Yeah. You know, their fans were still there for. Yeah, they're still there for the game. So they, they, they probably travel well. They'll probably be there. But you know who's going to beat them to it? The Yankees and the Red Sox. And they're not going to be able to outdo us. And I'm sure, you know, uh, you're going to film Stadium Eats and I'm going to film a bunch of stuff out there. So we're going to have content. Bronx Pinstripes will have content. Um, if you're not going, don't feel like you're missing out through our channels. You'll be able to see a lot of the yeah, London it is, series. Uh, what is it? So it'll be what, six o'clock on the Saturday? I know. Yeah, we're both going to Saturday game. I'm also going to go to the Sunday game. Um, but yeah, we'll be out there. So if you're going out to London, tweet at us. Tweet at me at JJ from the Bronx. Tweet at Keith at Keith underscore McPherson. You could follow Keith on Instagram as well at Keith McPherson. Follow podcast at George's Box Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Let us know if you're going to be out there. I think there are, there's been some rumblings on Facebook, on Bronx Pinstripes Facebook, of a meetup on Sunday for the, um, at yeah. a, a bar called, I think, Bat and Ball. I did some interview on. Yeah, I'll be at that Sunday. I'm not, I'm only going to the game Saturday, but I'll be at the the meetup Sunday to meet everybody. Why aren't you going to both games? I just so when I woke up and bought tickets, I just um I don't know. I wanted to go to the primetime night game and I bought four tickets for the primetime night game. Um a pair in two different sections and I, I don't know. I, I I wanted to go to both games, but I also I've never Are been you to London. Selling so I'm one like of your sets of tickets. No, um, I originally uh, thought I was um, going to sell them, but I have people that have claimed them now. And I, I want to see, I literally want to see London and see everything I could possibly see while I'm out there. Um, I love baseball. I love the Yankees. But if I'm going to London, you know, I'm not going to spend, um, you know, both days in the stadium. Who knows? Someone might hit me up and be like, hey, I have a ticket for you to go Sunday. And then obviously I'd go. But when I was waking up at five in the morning in December to get these tickets, I just bought tickets for the Saturday game and maybe the Sunday yeah, game it, wasn't it sold available, out like right away. I didn't even I got try for Saturday and it sold it right away. I, yeah, I know those tickets were quick and then I was online for the response and there were just people complaining on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram about how they didn't get tickets and how people are probably buying them that aren't real fans. That's another thing I want to get off on this podcast. You people crack me up with the like, oh, who's a real Yankee fan? Who's a, a well, real yeah, fan I decide or not? That. There's that no all goes like. I decide that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, you're the yep. end-all, be-all with that. I see so many people talk about, like, who's a real fan or not. And my girlfriend reads the reviews, and she said someone referred to me as, like, a generic fan. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll be a generic Yankee fan. I got other shit going on. But, like, 
people like I don't know what 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 they they base it off of or what the tiers are. You know how many games a year you go to? There's diehard Yankee fans that never get to Yankee Stadium. So are they not? Ooh, real fans? breaking news: Andrew Matuchin out for the year, torn ACL. We were just saying great things. I like him; he's uh, a good guy. The Phillies, man. Yeah, if Keiko, if Keiko it's not can looking play the good, outfield, he'll uh, be he'll be there. Yeah, I um I had don't have tickets for Sunday yet. I will get tickets if you have tickets for Sunday and uh, you're looking to get rid of them. Let me know. Reach out to me, JJ from the Bronx on Twitter. Um. Cool. What else is going on around the league? Ooh, we had the MLB draft, and I couldn't give a shit. Uh, people who get it, because I do follow, you know, I've got people from, like, my Barstool days who are White Sox fans and Orioles fans. It's so funny to see them get excited about, like, ooh, who are we going to take at number one or number four? And it's like, who gives a fuck? That guy's not going to help you for four years. I'm worried about right now. You know how many World Series yeah. I could have before I have to worry about some jerk-off catcher for the fucking Orioles? I could have, like, three by then. Yeah, the draft doesn't mean anything. They they hold the draft in Secaucus at MLB Network. It's not like the other leagues where like the players are drafted and they can make an immediate impact. Um, some of these guys will get drafted and you're not going to hear from them for a while. Some of these guys will get drafted and you know they will be what they were supposed to be. But like, I have an idea. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch it yesterday. I think I read. I followed uh, MLB draft and I retweeted uh, the kid Ant V from Jersey. Just because I thought it was funny that the Yankees drafted a shortstop from Jersey named Anthony Volpe, and it's just like probably some young Italian oh, yeah, kid. Yeah. Like, it, it's like the most New Jersey name there is. I have an idea to fix the MLB draft and make it more interesting. The top, it could be five, could be ten, could be seven. Picks should have to be put on a major league roster. Yeah, because some of these kids will get drafted, and they're like, oh, no, I, I want to go to Vanderbilt and play. Or, no, just, like, in general, you should, like, because these teams stink. Oh, you're saying put on the the major league roster. like All right? So call this kid. Like, you get this kid, Adley, Rochman, whatever. Boom. Yeah, that catcher from um, Oregon State. He's on the roster. Now, you don't have to put him on for the rest of the season, but it should be, like, I don't know, July. And even if he doesn't play, maybe you give these teams a 26th roster spot for these guys so these teams that like at times are tanking now you got to put the kid in there you got to get him some at bats he doesn't have to get a ton of at bats he can't you know not negatively affect your team that much but you guys already stink but that would drive some excitement if you go out there and see this kid play in like a week even he played in like one game yeah but there's business involved there's business involved with what these guys end up making or getting paid or their signing bonuses or whatever and Guys like Kyler Murray can finesse the Oakland A's, get drafted in the fir- first round, take their money, go back to Oklahoma, play, and go get drafted in the NFL. Like the MLB draft is not structured like the other drafts. Like you, you know, it's not even it's it's not even half as exciting as the other drafts. In the NFL draft, it's like seven rounds. NBA draft trades are are happening. Picks are getting traded. Like the MLB draft, guys aren't trading picks. I don't even know if you can. It's just a different dynamic. Um, I don't know. It's not it's as exciting. only happened that players have skipped the major leagues and gone straight to or skipped the minor leagues and gone straight to the major leagues twice since 2000. In 2010, it happened with Mike wow. Leake uh, out of Arizona State, went right to the Reds. And he sucks And now. you want to know, here's <laughs> one that I always found very interesting. Xavier Nady skipped the minor leagues. He went straight yeah. to the Padres in 2000. He got drafted, went straight to them, 
was there for like he was drafted in the second round too. He wasn't even a first round pick. He went appeared in one major league game and then got sent down. And then the next year was minor right. league player. See, of the roster. And there's also a process of developing these players. You you, you can't put these guys in I the just show think right if you're away. You're gonna stink. It would make it more exciting if I felt like there was going to be some kind of impact. I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said it was an idea, and an idea it was. Um. Oh yeah, and then uh, last thing we have is your infatuation with Yankees Twitter. You're you're hot and you're so <laughs> hot and cold on yeah. Yankees Twitter. You're you're very cat and mouse. I know. So, I mean, I have a list of over 500 people now that I have followed and added to Yankee is it Twitter. A Twitter like, is it a Twitter, Twitter list? It's a list. Okay. Yeah, it's a Twitter list. I can see list. you just and having just like a it. pad of paper. I just do it I so that I can like, like, fuck it, I wrote them down. Like, you're on the list. <laughs> I just, I, I get people that are following me through this show. People are seeing the Cashman video. Uh, people saw the video of me and Batista's suite with Joe's McFly, John Boy, Eric M888. Um, I think it's just it's cool, man. We are in the digital age. Twenty years ago, you could be the biggest Yankee fan and not, you know, be able to do this. And it's like the guys that are creating content like we are. Um, there are other guys that I'm fans of because I'm a Yankee fan and I've been following them and following their journeys. I met Joe's McFly at a Bronx Pinstripes event before he went viral for his reaction. I still to haven't Rafael met that. Devers guy. I've been wanting to meet us. him. I just, I'll introduce. I want to get him on cool. stadium. He's um, tweeted about like twice. Definitely you can. Definitely. He's at, he's at he's at like he's at like 60 games a year or something. He I know, lives, but he lives in the he's Bronx. He's tweeted and like twice I've like responded. Like he's tweeted something like, "Yo, got to get you on stadium meets." And he just doesn't respond. So, I think he's big time in me. He might not oh, know what it he is. He fucking knows. He might think Listen, you're He might all think right, you're he roasting took a selfie him during one fucking home chunky. Run. Get out of here. He knows who I fucking am. <laughs> See, and then like I, I'm big on community over competition. So, like, if you're a Yankee fan and you're creating content, like, I got no hate towards you. And I see a lot of it. Remember where they came out with this Yankees Twitter's uh, leaders, leaders of Yankee Twitter list? And I laughed. So, I'm like, half these people don't go to the games. Half these people, how are you a leader of Yankees Twitter and all you do is tweet? <laughs> like, that, that's kind of backwards. But shout out to Batista. It was his birthday. He put everybody together. Aaron Hicks' brother oh, was really? in the suite. Um, so wait, did yeah, you have tickets um, who else up was there suite? as well? You just no, walked through. We just finessed. Right. No, we just we just finessed, and I mean, I look like Velveteen Dream, True. so they, they let me walk right in the next day in Connecticut at NXT Takeover <laughs> Twenty Five. No, nah, but it was just super cool, man. I I love the fact that like I was in the fan cave five years ago, tweeting and creating content for major league baseball and i've reached out to bronx pinstripes because i liked what they did and i started working with them and then five years go by and i have people that follow me from across the country that are yankees fans that like you know whatever i put out or whatever i do just because i can give them a window into the yankee stadium and you know i'm local and then there are other people that are creating content and doing these things that are building followings and then you get us all together and it's all love and i, I like that type of energy man the energy in the room was great and uh, we're going to do something like that again. We're definitely going to get a, like a Bronx pinstripe suite and um, just keep rolling, man, because we're all in this together. And when we win the World Series, this is the same mission and same goal we've all had. When we win the World Series, there isn't going to be anyone saying, well, I was the biggest Yankee fan this year. It's going to be, yo, we won and the I was the biggest World Yankee Series. fan while it happened. Um, yo, what were your boys, <laughs> John Boy and Jake, 
doing up there. They were like, I saw it on Barstool. They, um, they had like some crop top. So like, yo, they do a lot of suspect stuff. Like I've they're seen, funny. I don't they, really follow. I don't even know that I they're follow. They're just trolling. Jake. They're completely doing it for that. Like, I follow John Boy. Um, I, I do know this. That Jake guy, he's got some dance moves. I saw Memorial Day weekend, some video. He was just out like dancing with people's moms. Like, <laughs> and then, yeah, the next day, I just yeah. see like he's up there in a crop top. He's a character, but he's a star, man. Him and I said, I, I said in the video that, you know, if you look on my Twitter and scroll through, it's got almost like 3,000 views. I was like, yo, these guys are superstars. They, they're naturally funny, great personalities, and they know how to play the inter- internet. Like, after they posted that video of him hitting all of these modeling poses and he's like showing nip. They they then took the pictures that John Boy took and like put them in the thread, like vote for your, you know, which one was the best one. Like they're just completely making a joke out of it in the, you know, Yankees legend suite before a game. And people don't know. Right. Because this is this is the Internet. People don't know who they are and that they're, you know, legitimately covering the Yankees. They just think they're like tools and like they don't realize that like it's deeper than that. Like they did that on purpose. And yeah, no, I mean, it, it got me to follow jake i like i kind of knew who he was but it got it got me to follow him it's some funny shit yeah yeah jake jake is hilarious man i like i like their energy i like their vibe i was happy to meet them john boy lives in lavalette that's jersey uh jake is actually out in denver and denver is lit so you know props to them uh, I would love to get us all together, man. We're all, we're all creating podcasts and videos and doing things, and I know the Yankees see all of us, and they got to love it. Um, shout out to the Yankee digital team. I know you guys see all the moves that we're making for They're free. They probably like you guys. They <laughs> probably hate me. I curse a lot. Um, nah, I curse too, but that's authentic, man. We're, we're talking about sports. We're growing. Well, that's men. what we got for this week. Um, Keith, you got anything else for the people? Um. Let's just keep rolling, keep winning. Hashtag replace for 28, turning back into chase for 28. We're getting this team back. It's World Series or bust. It's going to be hopefully another exciting week uh, in Yankees baseball. On the road in Toronto. Uh, I think Toronto's like one and nine in their last 10. Like the Yankees, they're not a good home team. The Yankees should be able to go in there and get a sweep. At least two out of three. Just got to keep winning series. Then uh, we've got the Indians. And then the Subway Series. And I fucking hate when the Subway Series is on YouTube. Make that shit a weekend. Let us all get rowdy in New York. Uh, but, yeah, that's all we got for this week. Follow Keith on Twitter, at Keith underscore McPherson. At Keith McPherson on Instagram. You follow me, at JJ from the Bronx, on Twitter, on Instagram. And follow the show, at George's Box Pod. If you have not yet... We've got a 7 o'clock game, June 22nd, Yankees-Astros. Go to BronxPinstripes.com, buy yourself a ticket. We'll see you at the dugout before that game. Uh, you get a T-shirt. We have a good time. We get a little rowdy. My wife's going to drive me home that night. Got a DD. Good for me. That's better for you because I put on the show, and I will probably smash my sunglasses. And then also come out July 20th. That's another good time to come out. Um, and, then, hey, if I don't see you guys then, we'll see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.